we rolling? We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta <laughs> Filmmakers Podcast. Me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. I think we should just start these by talking. And then just like, like we do with our guests? Yeah, yeah. And then just be like, hey, everybody, it's Matt and Scott. That can't be the actual intro. Why not? <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I'm Scott Westby. And we are Full Swing Productions. And I was talking about Full Swing Productions on the radio today. Matt, did you hear that? You are so famous. <laughs> How famous are you on a scale of nine to ten? At least zero point zero 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 seven. That's not even in that scale. Do but... you think that's even true? I don't think that's even close. Even um, we are back. It's uh, Oscar Oscar week. The Oscars were on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you so think nothing I... to talk about there? No. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> Stop. Listen up, everyone. If you were listening to the podcast last week, you will recall that Matt and I made a pact, an Oscar pact. A life a, a bet for best picture and matt voted for the revenant like an idiot <laughs> and i voted for spotlight which at the time seemed like a foolish move i even recall that i myself called it a dark horse mm-hmm. well lo and behold sunday evening 10 p.m or a bit later because they ran late <laughs> yep. spotlight takes the oscar for best picture leaving me as the winner and matt as the loser is that the word you're going to use? I'm going to lose a loser. That doesn't seem nice. One of many losers. I'm hmm. not going to bring up the fact that uh, I lost my Oscar pool and I came in fourth of four, but I did win this this spotlight thing, which means that Matt has to say an embarrassing fact about himself. Fourth of four? Yeah. I just want to say for the record that on January 4th, 2016, I tweeted something to the effect of... Let me see if I can find the actual word here. I said, I don't know if I've called it yet, but I'm calling it now. Spotlight movie at Spotlight movie will win best picture. That's fun. That's a fun fact. Um, <laughs> what is also a fun fact is if you listen to last week's episode, That's you actually fun. you actually kind of make, fun you, you choose three different movies. You're like, I <laughs> want Mad Max to win, but I think it'll be The, the Revenant, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was The Big Short. <laughs> So it's like you've basically called every single one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know what? I, at that point, I won't lie. I really did think it was going to be The Revenant. That that seemed to way, be the way everything was going. It did win Best Director. Did win Best Cinematography. Did win anything else? Best Actor. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because Leo. <laughs> Have you heard of this Leonardo DiCaprio guy? Yeah, I, I hear that he cries and screams a lot. <laughs> um, so listen. Um, now you didn't embarrass yourself on the radio this morning, but you should embarrass yourself on the internet right, now. Right. And I will, uh, I will share a fact that I like to keep fairly quiet, um, but I accidentally uh, betrayed the information to you one day yes, months right. ago, maybe oh, yeah. last season. I, uh, I don't even know who I was trying to text, but I accidentally I texted girlfriend. you <laughs> that uh, someone, I don't even remember who it was, but I, something to the effect of, I can't believe he gave her a rose. That's exactly the text I got Yeah, in the middle which, of the night. Which revealed the information that I am uh, a closet um, Bachelor fan. And The Bachelor's actually a very cool show. <laughs> but I'm happy to admit that it is embarrassing. Yeah, if it's a cool show, a then fan. why is it embarrassing that you watch it? <laughs> what, what is your favorite Bachelor? You know what? I wa- like I've watched for a long time. They're on the 20th season of The Bachelor. Um, and I, I don't even remember his last name, but I remember watching I was in, in like high school and the guy they had as the bachelor was a member of the firestone family mm. and i was like that guy's cool like the he's tires? from the tire family oh, sweet <laughs> yeah. but now, of course all the ladies loved him because of his his famous last name um and, and how has the show been evolving over the years 
you know what? It has changed from what I've heard, but I can't really recall what's what's changed other than we see a lot more behind the scenes now. Like they used to try to make it like a TV show, a produced TV show. And now we see cameramen and, and, oh, wow. and microphones. So they've and stopped caring. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's cool because because it adds to the drama, right? Like if someone's crying or upset, it's like, oh, we weren't ready for this crazy situation to happen. Um, anyway, it's <laughs> it's it's mostly garbage, scripted garbage. Sure, I sure. admit this. But uh, <laughs> but it's also filled with a lot of eye candy and um it's it's fascinating. Anyway, that's enough about The Bachelor. Uh, let's move on to industry news. Um, some exciting news last week from NSI. Uh, they announced industry experts have been appointed as mentors to five TELUS Optic Local projects. So NSI and TELUS Optic Local have partnered to offer a pilot program to filmmakers uh, in BC and Alberta that supports original storytelling. So to quote their press release, we are passionate about supporting filmmakers in BC and Alberta to tell compelling original stories through funding and mentorship. Um, strong mentorship can lead to refined filmmaking and powerful storytelling. So we're thrilled to be partnering with NSI to guide five optic local producers. Um, what's really exciting about this is that three of the five projects are from Alberta. So congrats to uh, Brianne Nord Stewart from Edmonton for her project. I know Young her. And Reckless. I know her. Matt knows her, which is yep. so exciting. I'm fist pumping. Matt's fist pumping. Uh, Terry Winnick. Um, we don't know you, but we I will. I don't know Terry. Um, for her project Youth on Earth. Um, and then Ramin Shrachiyazdi from Calgary uh, for his show Cowtown, which we worked on. We worked on last that, yeah. year. Uh, so it's really exciting, guys. Um, I hope you're able to make the most out of your mentorship. And we can't wait to see these projects on TELUS Optic Local. Nice. That is exciting news. Um, <clears throat> guys, a really exciting conference is coming up this weekend called Story Summit. Why is it called that? Uh, well, it's. Uh, I think. I think the idea is that it's about the crossroads of new technology and old storytelling, or not old storytelling. That's a bad word. Traditional and kind of mythical storytelling. The 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 roots of storytelling and how they can um, integrate with VR and and the internet and and new technologies that are coming up. That's that's my guess. We're gonna go and we're gonna find out exactly what it's all about. We're gonna even podcast from there. Um, but I'm just pumped. I'm I'm excited to see what it's all about and uh, go to Banff again. Yeah. Yeah, Banff is fun. Yeah. Uh, if you're going, put your hand up. <laughs> that All was right. mean. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering who's listening and really getting into this and feeling like <laughs> oh, they're in the room with us. So if you put your hand up, um, let us know because yeah. you rock. Yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah, we'll see you there. Uh, the $100 Film Festival in Calgary uh, wrapped up last weekend. It was a huge success. Um, it got the most media attention of any year, uh, this being year 24 of the festival. So congrats to the programming team uh, and the team at the CSAF. We know it was a ton of work to pull off uh, and there was a lot of stress getting to it. But um, yeah, huge success. So so great work, everybody. Yeah, bravo. It's, you know, it's such a, such a great thing for our city and um, I'm really just glad that it exists you know it, yep. it's been i think it's been threatened at times because of the the way film has been uh getting a little more uh disappearing a little bit but um yeah i'm, I'm glad it's still around and i love the way that it interacts with other artists like musicians and uh, i'm looking forward to next year it's also becoming one of the only film festivals in the world yeah yeah um, truly film yeah which is why it's it's kind of growing i think is because it's it's right increasingly becoming an, a niche festival which sure. is really cool and exciting Mm-hmm. Um, and Amos has released an online survey for the Prairie Tales Film Festival. And so what they're, what they're up to is they're just seeking feedback from their membership uh, so that they can get some ideas uh, for the future of their organization. Um, and they're, the planning of the touring package uh, up from the um, Prairie Tales Film Festival, which has been going on for 18 years. And um, they're right. kind of looking to to revamp it a little bit. Yeah, so is... they, they've put it on hold for 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're just kind of refocusing and, and trying to figure out what this is and, and, and how they can uh, 
make it better. So we encourage everybody who uh, who has had anything to do with Prairie Tales or who enjoys the Prairie Tales Film Festival to check out the link in the show notes and uh, please fill out the survey. It won't take you very long. Yeah. Um, and voting is now open, guys. Uh, and our guest kind of ties into this important piece of information, but uh, uh, voting for the Story Hive digital shorts projects that have all just been completed. And congrats to everyone who who has uh, completed their shorts. We've been kind of keeping an eye on those since our Story Hive sessions back when the podcast was just starting up. And uh, it's uh, it's been cool to see the projects um, go from an idea to a voting campaign to a, a finished fi- uh, to a finished film. So uh, now what we need for you to do is to go to the Story Hive website and vote on all of the completed films, um, the ones you like, and uh, give them some love because um, they're up for uh, some, like you said earlier, uh, regarding that other Story Hive item, some some mentorship and, and training opportunities. Um, and I'm going to let Tito, uh, our guest this week, uh, go into that a little bit further to, to give you an idea of what exactly you'll be voting on um, and what exactly the winner is going to receive. Uh, but... For now, I'll let you know that voting is now open and it closes at noon on Friday, March 4th. So this is a very small window just totally. to, to get your votes in. Um, so yeah, we've got Tito, who I know you've met a couple times, I think, right? Yeah, I've met him a couple yeah. times. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. Sadly, we, yeah. you know, our, our schedules didn't line up to have all three of us in the room, but he's uh, he's a really, really prolific filmmaker in Fort McMurray. And, and it's uh, it's great that we're finally getting someone outside of the Edmonton, Calgary <laughs> we, area. We, we know that Alberta is not just Calgary <laughs> yes. and Edmonton. Yes. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it's exciting to get so out So yeah, of Tito can be our first representative of, of outside of the, uh, the big cities. But um, Fort McMurray's got obviously a lot of really interesting stuff going on uh, industry-wise, which is leading to a lot of interesting stuff community and uh, arts wise. So uh, Tito is going to tell us a little bit about that and a lot about him and his journey and, and his group. They do some really cool stuff. They've got some film festivals. They've got their own little version of the CSIF or FAVA. It's called the Fort McMurray's Filmmakers Association. And they do, yeah, they do a ton of fun stuff. So I definitely recommend you check out their podcast, uh, which they also have, uh, which is ymmpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, without further ado, I'll let the man speak for himself. Uh, here's Tito Guillen. All right, so I am here with Tito. How are you today, Tito? I'm good, man. The, thanks, it, thanks for finally accepting my pleads to be on your podcast. <laughs> well, it's funny because, of course, the YMM podcast is a big influence of this podcast. You've been doing it for years, a well, lot longer than ours. It's funny because um, I, <laughs> I, we, the moment I started listening to your podcast, and I'm, I'm surprised it didn't, it didn't show up on my radar sooner because, like, uh, I think you guys were like an episode six or seven by the okay. time I started listening. But like, I'm like, wow, these guys talk about film, but like good <laughs> like, we we uh, a Wyman podcast is so uh, unorganized and that's that's kind of our angle right, right we just sure, talk yeah. about this and that and the other thing but like I think it's worked for your niche there right oh, like for like, sure don't just talk film talk about what's going on in in your town which exactly. is Fort McMurray for those yeah, who yeah. don't know so yeah. it, it, it definitely holds the mandate in regards to being about Fort McMurray but mm-hmm. definitely like uh, every so often we do like a cinephiles and we talk film and such and um, I, of course you know I'm a big fan of film and to like listen to you guys po- podcast not just a film podcast mm-hmm. but 
but like a regional film podcast. Right, right. It's really cool because like I've learned stuff about people I already knew mm-hmm. that I didn't know before, right, and right. I'm I'm learning about other uh, movers and right. shakers in the indie sure. film industry here. So. And unfortunately, so far, really only Edmonton and Calgary. So it's nice mm-hmm. that you're representing yeah. one of the other areas. It's so funny because like we've had that comment a couple of times where it's just like, so who else is up in Fort McMurray? And there there are a couple of filmmakers up there, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, and and filmmakers that are from Edmonton and Calgary that are originally from Fort Murray, right? right so right. yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, cool. All right, so man, let's. Uh, I like to I like to go right to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And rather than saying like where were you born, but like what was the first moment where you were like, oh, maybe film is something I'm interested in. Well, where um, were you at in your life? Oh, oh, this is. Uh, it's actually really interesting. So. Um, in high school, uh, big drama kid, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my best friend, uh, Rhett Miller, uh, right, who's right. a predominant here, uh, he and I started, uh, he and I and some other friends that are also now filmmakers in Edmonton started doing something on weekends. Instead of like, we weren't the kids that went out and drank right. every weekend. Like, you know, let's go to the bush and get drunk. Yeah. We were the kids that were like, let's go to Superior Video and, <laughs> and get seven movies for $7. <laughs> and and we'd, we'd like, it became kind of a bit of a film education where we started renting all these horrible horrible horror movies right right and we would just like do running commentary like uh, mystery science <laughs> yes, theater yes. and just making fun of these movies and it's so funny because every so often we'd we'd fall into like a gem and be like oh, man that was a really good movie and uh we'd an ongoing joke is my brother he would always pick we would always let him pick one movie mm-hmm. and it was usually the worst one of the night we don't usually <laughs> right. close the night with right. that one right but but over time uh we we really came to figure out two things the first was that um the consistencies of what made good horror movies and secondly like watch it there's a lot of value in watching bad horror movies mm-hmm. for, for us because it, it really inspires you to be like hey man i could do that i could do <laughs> yeah, that better yeah, for sure. to the point where we we kind of like we in high school we did a we did a, a bit of a short film called down will come baby okay. over at Rhett's house it really you know like uh dv cam type stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. but we had a lot of fun doing it and it kind of like pittered off there um because then we graduated. We all went. Uh, and this was in Fort McMurray. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. High school in Fort McMurray. And right. then we all decided to take our roots uh, and go to our separate schools, right? Right. Uh, Cal- uh, Red, of course, went to Calgary. I ended up going to Edmonton. Oh, okay. uh, I did a, I did a year of Grant McEwen under scholarship. And then oh. uh, I went to the U of A, right? Nice. Wow. Um, the year I was in Grant McEwen, I'm not very... Uh, it's so funny because I, a lot of people tell me that I'm very good at public events and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But they actually terrify me. I'm not right. very... I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. can't do it. Like and speaking or like hosting. Speaking a, yeah, or yeah. doing any of that sort of stuff. Sure. But like I power through it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But at the end of the event, I'm so drained yeah, from, yeah. It, from the experience. And so my first year at Grant McEwen was very difficult for me because I had a hard time kind of making friends. Right. Um, basically just focused on my studies and stuff. But what were you taking? Uh, general studies. Okay, it was, cool. yeah, it was just like I, I hadn't really decided what I wanted to do. In Sweet. fact, yeah. And so um, what ended up happening is uh, that year, because I was spending so much uh, time on my own, I was, it was like, it's interesting because it would have been 2001, 2002. So IMDb, which was fairly new back then, yeah, yeah, yeah. had like the top hundred films of all time, all oh, these okay. lists, right? right? And I started really like looking at that list and I'm like, man, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. I've seen a lot of bad horror movies, sure, yeah. but I haven't seen some of the best movies of all time. So right. I actually, I gave myself a bit of a film education and oh, I started nice. using the internet to kind of like read about the mm. origins of these movies. My favorite director being Sam Raimi, like, right. like really going like, what were his inspirations? Like, why does he like the Three Stooges? Like what, oh, I didn't know that he knew the Coen brothers and they mm. were all involved in stuff. So 
that was kind of my first year and I still hadn't found my focus at that point. And technically speaking, university wasn't even the time where I found my focus. I originally went to become a math teacher. Like, oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I was just like following like the traditional path. And sure. like uh, I did some film studies courses, started learning more and more. And uh, yeah, right, right after I convocated, I was like, okay, so do I become a teacher or what, right? And, and so then I kind of had like a year well, t technically I didn't. What ended up happening was during my last semester, because I had most of, most of my credits at that point, I started really getting into like film stuff because during my second year in university, um, I was fortunate enough to to be part of a group of friends that were really into film. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one of them, uh, his name is Tyler McIntyre. Uh, he actually, he works in Los Angeles now, uh, kind of like a freelance editor, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He just finished his first... Uh, well, not his first, but his first like official feature. Okay. Uh, it's called Patchwork. It's doing the festival circuit. I know right it. Now. Yes, and yeah. it, and it got the Harold Greenberg shorts to feature. Just won as an, well. just, yeah. just won an award this weekend too. Right I forget at which film festival, but uh, Chris Hill wrote it. Really talented writer. But okay. we all, we were all going to university at the same time. Oh, okay. And we all kind of founded the U of A Society for Creative Filmmaking at that during that period during our our tenure there. Right. And. Uh, it, it kind of just started from us doing 24-hour uh, film festivals for oh, the cool. EIFF. Right. And we really kind of enjoyed it. And uh, and we we all knew Tyler was like kind of like the guy destined to do more film things. And he ended up going to Ryerson to get his master's. Oh, wow. and, yeah. And, and he uh, actually, uh, the reason he's lost in Los Angeles is he ended up going to the AFI Film School, right? Ah, okay. And uh, uh, his, uh, his thesis film at Ryerson was kind of like our last big hurrah before convocation was... Uh, um, this film that he did called um, Movie Brats. It was um, based on the book Movie Brats. And okay. it's ba basically a, a kind of like, I'd like to, I always equate things to superhero movies, but like it was kind of like a, an Avengers film All right. about film. It was, oh. um, it was about how Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg all crossed paths during right. this period. They made they all kind of got together and made this one film that they thought was gonna like change film forever called THX eleven thirty eight. <laughs> right, right. Everyone fucking hated it. <laughs> but then, you know, they disassemble yeah. and all end up becoming famous anyway, right? right? The right. Godfather, Star Wars, Jaws, all that for sure. kind of stuff. And and for us it was kind of like it was a really fun project and never really got done. Like mm -hmm. it, it is there is a cut of it, but it never really got released. And as a result of that, it was kind of like our last big hurrah there. And this is where things kind of, it, it was a little bit of a serendipitous thing. What ended up happening was, um, I want to say it was like about a year later, uh, there was a production in Edmonton called uh, Fear Itself. Yes. They, it came to Calgary as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the production actually got shut down in Edmonton. Oh. And the reason was because um, I guess the production wasn't going well. Right. And they decided we're going to move everything to Calgary anyway. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently it, it, they shot, they shot some stuff over at Fava, uh, the film and video arts association right, of, right. Fort, or of Fort Murray of Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we we were all Fava members, right? right. Like very, very good group. Them and MP, uh, amazing for film, uh, for sure. filmmakers in Edmonton. And, uh, they had all this leftover 35 millimeter from fear itself, from fear itself. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, one of our members, uh, somehow talked them into giving the a filmmaking society of uh, of the U of A all of this thirty five. Wow, wow! And it was and it stayed in a freezer. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was uh, the 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 presidency at the time, the people running the show were looking at well. 
we have the 35 millimeter. If someone can give us a budget and a plan, we'll give them the film for nice. free and they can film it. Right. I was already working at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I was working up, uh, I had gotten a job up in the oil, oil sands doing, right. uh, doing security and training videos and all that. Okay. And, uh, I heard about this and I was like, cause I was still friends with a couple of the membership. And I was like, Hey guys, I can probably put together a budget to film this thing, to film a movie. And right. that's what became uh, a short film I did called Nighthawks. Right. Oh, okay, and, okay. and it was so funny because, um, it was my first time kind of really professionally reconnecting with Rhett. It was uh, kind of like, Hey man, I want to shoot this movie. Do you want to come help me out? And right. it's going to be a bit of an education, but you know, uh, if, if, if it'll be like high school again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, reached out to him and, uh, he's like, cool, cool. So what, what is this DV? Uh, like, <laughs> how are we going to shoot this thing? And I was like 35 millimeter. And at first, like he thought like, like he's like fuck off like you're, you're pulling <laughs> yeah. my leg he's like you mean 16 millimeter i'm like no 35 so he calls me up he's like how the fuck are you going to shoot this in 35 yeah, millimeter yeah. and uh i explained everything to him and sure enough uh him alex mitchell uh part of his team and john uh what's his name we we, we just call him john right right <laughs> uh but uh they came up from calgary we had the filmmakers uh society uh from edmonton that helped me out for uh extras and we cast through oh, them and such nice and it was a huge education wow. we shot we shot a 10 minute short over a weekend uh the uh, we had a call time. the first night we shot until about 5 6 a.m and then the call time for day two was 7 a.m <laughs> it's it's kind of yeah it was trial by nice. fire but it was really cool because at that point i kind of i came to the realization if i could do that I could definitely like keep making uh, films as, right, right. and I mean, it's, it's uh, like, I consider myself a filmmaker. I don't consider myself a professional filmmaker because I'm not living off of it. Right. Like I, I live off of my day job. Sure. Right. But, um, learning what I did through there and learning about the ins and outs of Fava as well as MPIA, mm-hmm. um, fast forward what I ended up doing after that, because we actually had a pretty good success. We, we had a successful, uh, film festival run in a different sense than most people do. Uh, mm-hmm. So what happens is a lot of people do the, you know, I want to get into this film festival. Like I want to get into TIFF and such, right? And we, I, I already had like it's you know the there's that Ira Glass quote about um, uh, doing a lot of work and and have you ever heard it? It's no. like basically no one tells people that are beginners that uh, essentially. Um, you have this great taste, right? Say, for example, you want to make this perfect movie, this thing in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have the skill set to get there, right? Right, right? And it's going to take years to get there. And it's going to feel like you you take longer than anyone else. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Sure, sure. Um, but the idea is that only by doing the work do you do you kind of close that gap between your skill set to where you want right. to be, right? Right. But really, it's it, 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 that really resonated with me because from my mindset, my taste told me i I, don't get me wrong i i enjoy uh, like i'm a i wrote it obviously but that's who i was at the time when i wrote nighthawks right i knew it wasn't going to get into tiff and all this sort of stuff but that didn't stop me from thinking okay well you know it's really it's kind of one of those things like the whole kevin smith philosophy of like just kind of push it right and see where that takes you right right? yeah and so we ended up having a really good film festival run because i started really strategically looking at other film festivals Mm. that had like a lot of attendance a lot of audience attention and all that sort of stuff and like not the big night like one of them was vegas cinefest it's not like this widely known film festival but like a lot of people are in attendance including like they bring in like uh the the year that we ended up screening they brought in john landis who uh who uh uh, premiered his film burke and hare right so that was a bit of an experience for us right cool but um 
so yeah, it, it gave a little bit of credibility to what I was doing, right? right. Movie on 35 millimeter, screen at some film festivals. Yeah. And so that attention started kind of, uh, kind of uh, getting a little bit of buzz in my personal life. And then that's how I met uh, Todd Hillier. Todd Hillier worked where I worked. And he was like, hey, man, like this movie, you're actually like you're, you're, you're screening everything. He's like, yeah, man. And he's like, why don't you film up in Fort Murray? And at my first reaction, and I, well, there's no film scene up here. Like, <laughs> right, right. Why, like who am I going to cast? Right. Mm-hmm. You, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we just ended up making some shorts. And uh, it turns out that Edmonton was still doing their Metro Shorts program. Right. And we submitted there and we went and we screened. And we uh, some of my friends from Edmonton also screened there and uh, started making little connections there. Right. And uh, then we kind of decided, you know what, why don't we just try to start building a film community up in Fort Murray? So fast forward to today. We're now in our fifth year of the Fort Memory Filmmakers Association yes, existing. Yes. We have a pretty good. Uh, it's it's interesting because I was talking to uh, StoryHab about this. Mm-hmm. They asked us, okay, so what kind of what kind of community do you guys have there? Well, we have 400 members online, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean that they're active, right? Sure, it's basically sure. people that like to talk about film and lots mm-hmm. of stuff. We have about half a dozen active filmmakers in Fort Memory. So right. for a population of 70,000, I think that's not bad. That's pretty right? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so they're making stuff. And what, what's happening now is, and I'm really quite proud of this fact, is we're kind of not just promoting them for making films, but like I'm giving them, I'm kind of identifying the gaps of stuff I didn't know when I was starting to make films. Right, right. So I'm like, hey guys, if you're interested, there's these film festivals here in Alberta. There's uh, funding through the AFA. Uh, you can contact MPA or FAVA. These yeah, are all yeah. great resources, sure. right? So I've been, I've been, you know, I, I uh, even though I might not be directly involved with a lot of productions that are happening up there, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that at least I'm letting them know what's available to right, them in, right. in regards to research sources sure. right and in and in turn it's really helped us in regards to what we've been doing right mm-hmm. like um uh, I've 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 been I've had the privilege of working with some pretty pretty talented people up there as well as uh, people outside of Fort Murray in regards to um, I think it's a kind of like a result of of where we are with the with film now right so I'll, I'll give you a good example um, so like I was saying with the film festival run right. Um, we live now in a YouTube generation, right? right? Yeah. I personally, and and I could be wrong. I personally believe that trying to get into that one big film festival, unless you unless you actually get the opportunity to sell your film at that film festival, doesn't really do you much good. As aside from having the prestige of Agreed. I attended TIFF, sure, right? Yeah. I went to the American Film Market last year, and the guy who who ran who who ran it did like a crash course for first timers there, yeah. and he like he actually said. Uh, a film festival run is your worst possible outcome. Mm-hmm. It means that your film didn't sell anywhere before you yeah. got there. It's actually not a good thing because you're actually ruining your your big opening, right? It yeah. means it's already screened somewhere and it, may, it makes it less desirable for distributors. So it's fine. I mean, obviously, it's great to get into big film festivals, but I was like, well, that's a really different way of thinking about it. And it's kind of true. You know? and, and you know what? And that's what actually led to, I mean, it, it's funny that my most notable work is actually ripping off someone else. Like, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's actually the mentality that went into us making uh, the fan, fan film Arkham Rising, right? Right. right. We went, uh, like, I was so against the idea because of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people don't really respect it as a, as a film, uh, as a, as a form of film, because it's like one, you don't have the rights to the character Mm -hmm. Two, um, it could be taken down because of copyright infringement. And three, it's like, you're not being original. You're just uh, uh, monkeying someone else's work. But 
it really is a good way of creating a bit of a resume for yourself. Right. So that was to that extent that that was kind of the angle that kind of ended up getting me hooked on it because it was really Todd's idea. Todd, we watched The Dark Knight, right? And he was like, "This movie's so great, da da da." Or uh, Dark Knight Rises. Rises, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. He's like, but like, I really wish that they had done something for the Joker. And so we got into this back and forth conversation. Finally, it became of how would we work him in if if it had happened? And so. Um, you know, we were we were talking over we over pancakes at Denny's uh, <laughs> while we were in Edmonton because we drove all the way to Edmonton to see it. It was a big fucking deal for yeah, us. Yeah, I remember. And um, and it's funny because at the end of it, uh, I was like, okay, well, we pro- probably it would play out like this, right? And they're like, man, that's really good. And and so I ended up like writing a script for it. And my whole uh, caveat behind it was, well, we can't film it unless we get a prison, right? <laughs> right, right. And that was kind of my my way to being like, fuck off, Todd. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they were, you're not going to get prison. Right. Sure enough, you got the prison. <laughs> we got to shoot the movie. And, and it really became a really good resume for us because one, it, sh- it showed off the technical talent of what we could pull off. Mm-hmm. And two, it was really like... Um, Unlike, say, for example, you can make a really good dramatic film. And like you said, you could put it in a film festival. And unless you're selling it, it's really, right. I mean, you're it's a good, it's a good outcome. You want your, you want an audience to see your yeah. film, obviously. But, but I will say that doing that fan film got us a lot more cred and a lot more work, yeah. honestly, for right. myself personally right. than anything else I could right. have done. I right? remember moderating a panel for you guys. And, and I think Todd was saying like, there was there was a literal buzz about like, mm-hmm. wait, what did you guys release a little trailer or like a website that yeah had... we, we did a little bit of a viral campaign right, where yeah. we took like segments of each one of the pri- prisoners and stuff right but it was like getting a lot of attention like, like it, people it, thought it was maybe for a new video game or and something it was fucking and... scaring me too because <laughs> yeah, yeah. i was like oh my god i'm gonna get sued <laughs> right right <laughs> but like you know and, and it's a bit of a gamble but like at the same time it's like uh sometimes uh sometimes uh what is it called uh fortune favors the bold sometimes mm, indeed, right indeed yeah. So like, and even if it gets pulled, that that kind of helps too. Like I, I was reading recently, there was this Power Rangers fan film that was made, this very dark one. And they actually yeah. got like, they got Casper Van Dien to be yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Which is like uh, a big deal. And who else is in it? Uh, one of the-, the Starbuck from- Yeah, uh, from, Battlestar yeah. people, yeah. Yeah, sure. and it got pulled because yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Saban, which is the company that owns Power Rangers, pulled yeah. it. But it even, it, 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 it resulted in now Saban is making like a, another theatrical yeah. Power Rangers yeah, yeah, movie, right? And then they let him put it back up. Yeah. They talked and so it is online and it's available now. So, but so, it is dark. It is. Violent oh yeah, it is, and, dark, and it's yeah. really good. And, <laughs> it is good. Yeah. But my my mindset behind that is, I really feel this is a result of the YouTube generation, where maybe film festival run isn't the way you want to go anymore. Right, like, right. Uh, granted, don't get me wrong. Like, that's where the majority of deals are happening, and and part of part of it is part of the reason I say that is because I still don't know that side enough, the the marketing, selling at a film right. festival side. Yeah. But it's it seems to me that a lot of of the new way of becoming a filmmaker now is create something that goes viral, gets enough attention so that the fans are there and demanding that they're basically, they're pushing for you. They're selling for you right, at that right, point, right, right? So it's it's an, it's interesting to see how that's going to play out over the next 10 years because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the advent of stuff like YouTube Red that's right, come up yeah, now. Yeah. So now YouTube is somewhat legitimized in regards to actually selecting people to fund right. to make films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's it's a really fascinating landscape that we're living in right now, yeah, right? Like, sure. I mean, a, a really good example is this whole Story Hive thing, right? Mm-hmm, C- mm-hmm. Coming, coming, bringing everything back up to here <laughs> yes, is yeah. the fact that like, um, 
I was talking with some friends that attended last night and they were telling me that uh, they hadn't seen any marketing on TV or anything about StoryHive and they right. felt like that, that was a real miss for StoryHive because mm. it feels like something that they should be promoting. Right. But I kind of presented the argument, you know, just so you know, like all the teams have been generating press and like they're essentially StoryHive doesn't have to pay for right. marketing because yeah. the teams are doing it for them. For right. Sure. Yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, you got models like Cineku as well. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like they're becoming the, the new way of making films. Now, Mind you, I'm talking from the Canadian side of things. The United sure. States is very, very different, of course, right? Of course, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell in regards to right. who I, I know I jumped yeah. around a well, little yeah, bit. Yeah. I want to I want to take us back. So after mm. uh, Nighthawks, yes, was the 35 mil. Yes. What happened after that? What was the next film? Oh, because um, you put Todd in it. You said right. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was a bunch of things uh, right, between yeah. that. So after I wasn't obviously gonna, I wasn't gonna shoot a bunch of thirty-five stuff after right, that, right? right. Yeah. But uh, what ended up happening is because I started focusing on stuff in Fort McMurray, I started kind of just shooting short films in Fort McMurray, yeah. just these these micro short buttons, uh, sh- <laughs> micro short budget films, right? And um, a lot of them like just little gags about Fort McMurray, or um, we did one uh, called Box, uh, just a little short film, but like started really looking at those connections I made with these film festivals that were kind of emerging film festivals, right? And this is what actually led to us creating the Fort McMurray International Film Festival Mm. because I started looking at the film festivals that were actually worth submitting to versus the ones that are kind of like... Like I, I want to call them kind of like a bit of a puppy mill, where right, in regards right. to like, sure, yeah, we'll we'll accept you and right. you'll have your name or whatever, right? And, and the other, but the other thing is, of course, think of your film and consider the audience of that of that correct. festival, right? Don't, don't don't waste money on a submission fee for a, a comedy film festival and you've got a horror exactly, and you can get more specific than that. And there's a whole research, art to yeah. it too, right? Yeah, for and sure. Like yeah. I mean, there's tools there like uh, without a box, which uh, you know it's really interesting because they're a business in themselves too, right? right? right. Yeah. And it's like uh, like if if you were to look at the budget for uh, Nighthawks, a third of our budget went into this whole film festival marketing oh, really? thing, yeah. Wow. And 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 without really knowing it at the time, right? Right. right. Uh, looking back on it, I, I pr- like again, could have been a bit more strategic, but I. I kind of wouldn't change it because it was a bit of an education for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I learned a lot about how film festivals operate through this. Right. right? And uh, so like I was saying, I mean, um, did a cup, did a, a a digital short called uh, the woman upstairs in Edmonton uh, dinner at my place. I mean, just a bunch of really short films. Right. And they're, they're not my IMDb page and such, but a lot of it is, is kind of became, if you, if you look at it, it's kind of like the progress of, of, of my own skill set, Right. So, um, and and what I've learned is is really it's like it's project management. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It really is. And so, it's, were you writing, directing, and producing all of these things? I, I yeah, really, okay. I wow. was right. Yeah. And it's interesting because looking back, I was even shooting all right, of them. Right. right, right. So, um, looking back on it, I'm like, man, I really need to either find someone with that skill set or develop people within right. that skill set. And so. Um, so yeah, as a result of it, I started making more connections with people outside of, of Edmonton, outside of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, a, a good example is uh, Robert uh, Robert Rindo, who does the visual effects for uh, for uh, the Good Survivor. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was actually this. It's an interesting story. So um, he teaches at the Vancouver Film School. Mm-hmm. The reason I even got in contact with him was because. Uh, one of the girls that did makeup for us on cover, which was another film I did, um, she was th- this girl that did makeup. She was uh, she was originally just working at a jewelry store, but she's really into this sort of thing. So we gave her a shot with it. Uh, her and Ashley did the makeup for the movie, right, right. and then she got so 
into it that she's like, you know what? I really want to do this. I really want to learn this craft. So she decided to move to Vancouver, get into the union. Yeah. Um, she she was originally uh, working in um, craft services, mm-hmm. and now she's she's being trained to become a script supervisor. Nice. She's working on uh, the Flash right now. Wow. Yeah. 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 And 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 so like be- through these connections she meets this guy that does visual effects right. and she shows him the fan film we did. Oh, okay. And he's like, this is really cool. I'd like to really work with these right, guys. Right. And so sure enough, it was kind of like a bit of a cold call where like got us in contact yeah, and yeah. talk on the phone. I think I told you he's like, yeah, he's yeah. a star Wars fan. We really got <laughs> yeah, to talking yeah. about that. Right. And, uh, and it's just like, I find that fascinating. The right, fact that right. like, you never know what this, what one little project, whether you think it's good or bad For sure. is going to end up, yeah, and so bit by bit, the network's been building around there, right? And and I'll be the first to admit that, like, it's not like I have this whole overall plan that eventually I'm going to do this one big film right, right, and right. such. I'm really kind of, um, I, I, I like to think of myself as a collaborator in regards to, like, with my group of friends or the group of people that I work with. Yeah. We like to brainstorm ideas. For right? sure. Like, For Comic sure. Book Wednesday is a direct result mm-hmm, of that, mm-hmm. right? That's a Cineco project that we did last and year. And I want to so. get into that. But yeah. I, I, I feel like cover comes up a lot in your history as a, as an important film, obviously. In oh that yeah. Sense. It's, but, um, I mean, uh, what was that all about? I, Cause I don't know. I don't think I know it. Yeah. Okay. So it's online now. Uh, mm-hmm. People can just watch it, can watch it on YouTube. Um, so a uh, cover was essentially my big, like, I love you letter to Sam Raimi. Right. Okay. Gotcha. My one regret of this film is that the, we, we shot in a library mm-hmm. and I, we requested that we kill the lights. We wanted to shoot in the dark once sure. the demon stuff was happening. And <laughs> the library's like, no, you can't. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I huh. guess we'll shoot. And so like, I look at the film now. Were there like, people there? Were there still people using it? No, it was water? after hours. And they, it, you can't turn off the lights? I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, but like, it kills me because I watch it and I'm like, this would be so much, much better if we had moody lighting. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But um, so the the thing is like, as, as I mentioned, Sam Raimi is a big influence of mine, right? My favorite movie, my favorite horror movie is Evil Dead 2. Mm. So we did this story um, basically kind of ripping off Evil Dead 2, but kind of making it our own. It's about a, a librarian that is in an abusive relationship and uh, she finds this mysterious book. Uh, she summons demons to kind of try to uh, punish her her uh, ah, her boyfriend, right. and it backfires on her, and she ends up essentially locked in a library with this demonic force. Mm. And the whole idea is like them trying to get rid of this demon okay. and and survive the night, right? And like the, it's a few strangers that, that yeah, yeah, it's exactly like uh, it, there's a few strangers in the library. Uh, one of them is uh, the, the the role for Todd is like this this guy that kind of frequents the library and has like, like a crush on her and such, ah, okay, right? So, okay. uh, but yeah, it was like. Um, in regards to that being an important film, it, it, it's actually more important because of the production itself. What what it was, was um, the library we shot in is part of a brand new facility in Fort Murray called the McDonald Island Recreational Center. Okay. Multi-million dollar facility. Right. Really big deal for anything to happen there. Right. Um, we, uh, we, fortunately, because through the podcast, I uh, got to meet uh, a woman by the name of Teresa Wells. Okay, she's a local blogger, but she ends up beca- she ended up becoming the communication specialist for ah. for uh, for the, the development kind of? exactly right. for that. Yeah, gotcha. and uh, she we knew her because she'd been on our podcast a couple mm-hmm. of times because she disagreed with Todd's opinions of about a lot of things. Right, right. So she came, and you know, nice. it's interesting how like a friendship got formed from yeah, there. Yeah. Like we were arguing on the podcast, <laughs> right. and by the end of it, it's just like, oh wow, you're really cool to talk to and all this <laughs> stuff. And then she was like. You know what? Like, yeah, come shoot on the li- like. You guys want it? You guys need a library? Come shoot at the library. I'll mm. I'll get make sure the arrangements are made, and it became a big deal in the community because it was it was like 
local artistic group connects with this right. and like a nice fusion of, gotcha. of all of that. Right. And it really opened a lot of doors uh, for us within the community because, um, of the way we handled the production. It wasn't just like a bunch of kids coming to shoot or whatever. Mm -hmm. We took it very seriously. We, we, we shot it like a professional produ production, obviously. Right, right, right. And uh, we, we were able to garner a lot of respect within our community, but also our, our, uh, outside of our community right. through it, right? So, cool. um, but yeah, like that, that film's really important to me because um, it was actually the, a bit, uh, the first step for another friend of ours, uh, Ashley Lawrenson, who's on the podcast. Right, yes, yes she started getting into makeup from there, like uh -huh. actual special effects makeup. Right. She's also the special effects uh, makeup artist for um, The Good Survivor, right? right. And now she's uh, she's a cosplayer. She does a lot of cosplay in Edmonton and Calgary right. now. And uh, and yeah, like, you know, I, again, uh, it, it's it's one of those things that you don't know what the result of this is going to be until mm -hmm. it happens. Right. And it's really cool because I'm, I, I really take pride in the fact that somehow something, some silly idea I had resulted in other people developing their skill set or finding inspiration in what they're doing right, right so right. so i mean that's kind of what it is it, what, what the the what the story behind cover is in a nutshell it was like my kind of like i love sam raimi i want to do this movie that kind of is an homage to his works and right. such rip off a lot of his camera angles and all that right, sort sure, of yeah, stuff yeah. so and i highly recommend if you're listening the, that you you go back and listen to uh your conversation on the ymm podcast about I guess it's m more about the new Evil Dead movie, that remake. Oh, right, yes. But you talk a lot about Evil Dead 2, and, yeah. and it's a great conversation. I highly recommend you. Yeah, we, we even it. have a video on that, too. Like, oh, really? We, oh, we, yeah, because, like, I mean, again, we're, we experiment with a lot of things, right? right? So uh, for a while, we did this uh, little web series called Cinephiles. Right. And we were doing, like, uh, movie yeah, reviews yeah. on and it. Yeah, and on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's so funny. That kind of, that fell by the wayside basically because of life. Right. But uh, the other part was, it turns out there was this other channel on YouTube calling themselves cinephiles as well older than ours we right, didn't even right. know and it's so funny because it's one of those things i get upset with todd about um where where it's like uh he's like hey this would be a good a good title cinephiles right sweet does anyone else have it yeah, yeah it's, we're, we're, we're the only guys with <laughs> come to find out another group has the title right so right. but uh but yeah no um uh, yeah, we, we, we talked about, uh, uh, the evil dead remake and honestly, like looking back on it, it's not the, my biggest grievance with the evil dead remake isn't, isn't, uh, actually I really don't have a grievance with it aside from the fact that I just like the original more. Right. Yeah. But, but my big thing is like my big tip of the hat towards it is the plot device in that movie as to why they won't leave the cabin and and why no one believes the first girl when when uh, the possessions start yeah, yeah. because she's like a drug addict right. and she's going cold turkey yeah. i thought that was brilliant i'm like that's right. a really great plot totally. device yeah, yeah, yeah so sure. yeah so uh i i let's continue let's continue the yeah. process but first uh we we went and saw the witch together yesterday yes we did which was cool uh man i wanted to talk to with you about trailers i i hate mm. trailers i hate oh, yeah. spoilers <laughs> I hate uh, I hate when you see the end of a movie in a trailer and then you go and see the movie and you know what's going to happen. So so make the case for me. Why are trailers a good thing to watch? Well, I mean, the idea of a trailer is is all about marketing, right? right. So how else are you supposed to want to go see a movie aside from seeing a trailer or hearing good buzz behind it, right? right? right. For me, um, you're absolutely right in regards to your grievances about trailers. And I would say that those are examples of really bad trailers, right? Right. right. Um, I would I would argue that uh, there are some some movies or some studios that handle trailers really well, sure, yep. and others that handle them poorly. The best example this year is uh, the marketing campaign behind Batman versus Superman. Right, I think that has been so poorly handled. Right, it is. 
I have no reason to see that movie aside from the fact that I fucking love comic book movies. Right, so, right. And, and, uh, Aquaman is in it somewhere as well. We haven't even so seen, I've seen a poster for it, but like, I, apparently, and, I don't and, know and, how they're going to fit Aquaman. And when I feel so really many. bad for, for, I really feel bad for, uh, for studios now because mm-hmm. there was a time where people would only get their information about a movie from movie magazines and, right. and, and stuff like you'd hear buzzings about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and now there's nothing that you can keep secret. No, that's true. Like even, even like the new star Wars, like everything that has been like, they've been trying to keep things shut about it. People are going to find out. Right. We all know Spider-Man's going to be in the Civil War, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of ruins it's it for true. you, right? Because what happens to the big reveal? Oh, how now? cool would it be to, to be surprised by that? Exactly, right? Amazing. Had no one if no one had heard about the the Disney deal with Sony and all that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. right? And it takes away from it, and and that's another point in your in your regard in regards to the why trailers suck. But mm-hmm. I will I will argue that if you didn't know that background information, I think the 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 way Marvel's been dealing with the. Uh, Civil War yeah. trailers, not bad. Yeah, oh man, I'm pumped about that. I, yeah. I shouldn't have watched that trailer. How, right how ironic <laughs> is it that you're more that we are more pumped to see a movie with the Avengers than Batman versus Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, um, uh, I'll well, case in point in regards to, I guess I'm really kind of uh, I'm agreeing with you at this point because <laughs> when we went to go see The Witch, yeah. uh, I hadn't seen any trailers right. either. Yeah. And having given it about 24 hours to digest now, yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I, I, I'm definitely feeling better about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was at first it felt like, ah, that wasn't so good. But, but yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel it also merits like a rewatch because yeah, yeah. the, the only thing I, the only gripe I really had about it is the, the English language that they were yeah, using in yeah. it. But you know, that's cool. Like they, mm. they, they, they made it was a authentic. choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the end there, it said, you know, we took the, like actual, yeah, that's why you yeah. didn't understand because of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, uh, I'm trying to think would, would a trailer have helped me going into that movie? Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have hurt because, yeah. uh, marketing for a movie like this is usually like, this is a horror movie and yeah. you're going to be terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really wasn't a horror movie. No, it was, it was a slow burn for, a yeah, movie, it, it for was, sure, yeah. and the scares were more disturbing right. than they were actually totally, like frightening. Totally, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so rare for me to go into a movie like that without with knowing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, as soon as the first scene happened and we we're like in, I don't know what year, but like yeah. clearly <laughs> olden time. I was like, oh, we're gonna spend this whole movie in there. Okay, all right. So you um you mentioned uh, earlier that you're not a fan of horror movies in general. Hey? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that I yeah I I get scared easily. Yeah, I do <laughs> so, too. But that's yeah. part of the reason why right. I enjoy those movies, right? Yeah, right? For sure, yeah. And it's really interesting because um uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Uh, there I remember being in high school and. I was so pumped for the Spider-Man movie. There were mm. like, there was so much hype behind it in yeah. the sense that like online community, there was a lot of noise about it. But at the time people weren't really at in high school conversations. There wasn't really a, a lot of talk around that. Maybe I was just juvenile for my right, age, but, right. but I remember being a kid and just like when I heard about a superhero movie, it would get like me so fucking excited. Yeah. And it's really interesting that we now live in a, in an age where like, like I was, when we were, when we were at the Chinook, I'm like, there was a line of five posters all for superhero movies yeah yeah and and that's like and and i'm like and you know it's interesting because i know a lot of people are like sick of it like red in particular he's like i fucking hate superhero movies <laughs> yeah, yeah and my brother's even getting sick yeah. of it too but like from from my standpoint i'm like fuck yeah man like i'm not at all i i mean and i get with when people are but i'm mm-hmm. super pumped i want a thor three i want to i want it to keep going I, like, yeah and and, yeah. and i really like um like i just wish it like i i really wish i was like in my 30s around the 90s right because 
it's all those people with those mindsets that will like are now leading the way like right. james gunn yeah. all those directors yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm like oh man like <laughs> to to be have the skill set and be on the ground floor for, for that sure, sort of stuff sure. right no doubt, yeah. like I'm, I'm and again like um those the marketing on a lot of these things have been have been handled really well uh the deadpool marketing i thought i thought for in regards to trailers that's a big point for deadpool because oh my god yeah they the proof is in the pudding their marketing campaign was done so well that people that didn't even know anything about the character were going into this movie yeah knowing full well what it could have been they're like this is going to be a ridiculous movie about yeah. superheroes right which it was right so <laughs> yeah. like and, and and the only thing that i really don't like about stuff like that is now everything needs to be r-rated suddenly right yeah, yeah. well that's and that's what james gunn wrote about how studios are taking this as a message like oh we've got to do more of deadpool yeah just in the same way that they were like we got to do more of guardians of the galaxy and yeah gunn is saying more no, dark nights <laughs> we need more different things we need more new mm. things that people like deadpool because it's different it's not the same as everything else but what you're you're talking about uh spoilers a little bit and I, I just love what and it's sad but i love what nolan has ha, has done like some of the tricks he plays knowing that the internet is gonna pick up on it or knowing that the press is in the bushes oh, yeah. watching them shoot he called did you know that oh, so spoilers for dark knight rises um did you know that he called christian bale for the scene where they're like at Bruce the funeral? Wayne's funeral, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was they digitally changed it yeah, in yeah, post yeah, because yeah. they, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, either they had nothing on the tombstone or they did have yeah. something and they and, changed and, it. Yeah. And remember, the marketing for the Dark Knight as well was handled really well. Totally, totally. Like yeah. people didn't even see the Joker until the, the Joker wasn't even revealed until that scene that the first scene from the movie was released on IMAX. Right. Yeah. 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 People didn't really see him yeah. until that unmasking. Right. On the, when he I takes think it was a, one of the Mission Impossible movies where they, uh, yes, because I remember specifically going to that Mission Impossible yeah. movie to see that opening and <laughs> that opening i'm like i don't need to see mission impossible now yeah, I'm, no I'm, but like that is really smart fucking sure, ba- marketing sure. right and 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 going forward and i think really like independent filmmakers have all the power in this right mm-hmm. i think the the smart filmmakers will figure out exactly like i think the reason deadpool worked is because they did what a lot of indie filmmakers do in regards to trying to market at their par- their mm-hmm, products, right? Mm-hmm. They do, they do memes. They they basically create online content. Like like the whole so easy to shoot but so smart to do was the Deadpool interview stuff. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. all these little segments. The and it was just, thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was and it was just like Ryan Reynolds just doing this stuff uh, with with uh, the marketing team, yeah, right? Yeah, and um, to that end. Um, like I said, with Arkham Rising, we did the thing with like the Harley Quinn files, right? So the idea mm-hmm. is that the it um they were little video segments of of Harley Quinn's audio recordings, yeah, talking about the inmates and 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 just footage of the inmates and basically talking about the Mad Hatter, the Riddler, and all that sort of stuff. And it really helped build hype for us, actually. And we we tried something similar with The Good Survivor, where we did news segments, uh, CBC news news segments during the voting period, uh, basically oh. showing showing the end of the world happening right, so it'd right. be like the cbc i think there were 10 of them and then bit by bit like the news reports are getting worse and worse about <laughs> influenza and we kind of piggybacked on the whole like vaccination thing right, right? Right, right uh in fact there is um you won't you won't see it in the the story high version but our extended version of the film opens up on a montage of the news segments and it's a bit of a tip of the hat to uh the dawn of the dead remake from 2004 uh, yes, where yeah. it's like you know there's the the ominous music and and you see the news a broadcast and it's all staticky and grainy yeah so the way it's like the way we set it up is um 
uh, this broad these broadcasts up until the last one, and then it cuts to black, and then you just hear the zombie sounds, and we open into the movie. Right? Sweet, so, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Cineku because I I yes. do want I do want to chat about that. Yeah, this and I was, apologize for being all over the place. Oh, no, it's all good. To, it's all yeah, good. It's I great. ramble a lot. So. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so, so what had it, you you had done the the Arkham Rising mm-hmm. movie, and then was was there anything in between? There yeah, yeah. There were there were a number oh, okay. of things right. in between. I, like I said, the shorts. I mean, uh, it, it's it's funny and it's kind of like uh, it's unprofessional of me but uh, i honestly kind of somewhat don't remember a bit of the timeline right because we've done so much i know right? yeah it sounds like it's yeah, hard and, to keep and track I've, of I've also had the privilege of of taking a step back from being the creative controller of some projects right. and becoming producer sure. right so right. uh projects out of edmonton like uh, the people that touch your food right as well as other fan films um there was uh, a last of us fan fan film series that was done oh. last year yeah and uh i had the privilege of of kind of uh, being uh, an executive producer on oh, wow. part three of it Sweet. right it was really cool because it's it's a it was a Kickstarter thing, okay. uh, and originally I was like, oh, it's you know put in a couple bucks and get it made. But the I think they're called Iron Horse, I want to say. But the, their creative team was really cool about like how they wanted the executive producers involved. Mm. They were like, this is this is our plan. Right. Please provide us notes on this and oh, all that. Nice. So it good, was very good. like involving. That's awesome. right? yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's really really good production value. So. Um, Talking about Sinaku, so we had we had very closely observed the first round of Sinaku where yeah, yeah. where Wolf Cop won, yes. right? Yeah. And we're like, man, what a cool program! We wish we had kind of gotten into that mm-hmm. because we actually knew a Fort McMurray team, uh, Michael Manchowski, mm-hmm. who did a project called Left for Dead: The Legend of Wild Bill, right? And they got pretty high up in the rankings. Really good guys too. Yeah, really, yeah. really yeah. talented uh, filmmakers. Very ambitious too, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, that opened a lot of doors for them, right? Like mm-hmm. they now uh, they now uh, own a company in town called Wood Buffalo Productions, and they oh, okay. do a lot of corporate stuff. Sweet. And uh, so the next round came about, and we were like, okay, so what do we do as a project? And it's really interesting because um, at the same time, a friend of ours opened a comic book store in Fort Murray right, called, yes. called Nerdvana. Yes, and we kind of went with the whole Roberto, Robert Rodriguez mentality of shoot what you have available right, to you, right, and we're like. Sure. Well, we have a comic book story. <laughs> yeah. And we started thinking about it. And uh, I know you haven't seen it, but like I started playing with the idea of uh, an anthology like Creep Show. Right. Like a comic book, like horror comic book anthology taking place in a comic book store. Right. And we all kind of did a huge, it was really like a community thing because we got a huge whiteboard. Mm hmm. And we spent an entire day in the store while customers were coming in and out. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. Brainstorming the idea. Nice, nice. Not just brainstorming, but like writing down everything and mapping it how it would work. Nice. And it was really interesting because we had friends coming in because we were social media posting it and yeah, everything. Yeah. So people would come in and like throw ideas at us and we're like, oh, yeah, this could <laughs> sweet, work in that. Sweet. And so we ended up with, I'm trying to, let, let me remember the stories. There's the... Um, the collector's new friend, which is the main narrative, right. which is basically um, a young boy goes to a comic, a young boy that's being bullied goes to a comic book store mm-hmm. to find refuge. Um, runs into the owner, which right. is this mysterious old guy, and then the the old guy shows him these totems and starts with these stories. Right. Right. So um, the the there one of them's called the jokes on me. Um, there's. Uh, uh, a young, a, well, a younger man who's uh, a, a nerd out of shape and stuff. Um, he goes to the same comic book store because it's all kind of connected through the comic book store. Right. Steals a copy of an uh, of a of a comic that hasn't been released yet. So it's supposed to be coming out on Wednesday. Right. right. Doesn't hasn't come out yet. Not right. supposed to be released yet. He steals a copy. Uh, goes on like a big 
junk food binge. He's watching old movies and stuff. Uh, he's opens up the comic book. It's all blank pages. He's like, what the fuck? Hmm. Must, must be a misprint. Throws away, passes out. Wakes up in that world the world of his ah. favorite comic book it's like a batman story okay and he's always like he's he wants to be batman and he wakes up in the interrogation room of like the gotham pd or whatever right, right, yeah. and he's like his heroes in front of him and he's like oh my god it's this batman guy the i think it, i want to say it was like it's not the shadow but it's like something like right, that right. and uh sure enough the guy starts beating the shit out of him because <laughs> he, he finds out he's that he's that world's he's joker right? Yeah, yeah, right and and so like our whole thing was uh he's the villain he's getting the shit beaten out of him doesn't know any information because he really doesn't know any information. <laughs> right, right. Find come to find out that one of the cops that arrested him is actually that world's Harley Quinn, ah. and she's staging an elaborate breakout, <laughs> and so he gets caught up in this huge right, right. like chase and everything. So Sweet. yeah, yeah, and and then uh, then that transitions to another story called The Last Sun, mm. which is kind of like a Superman story. So it's like this uh, visitor from another planet that protects Earth, but. Uh, come to find that he's in a relationship with that world's lowest lane mm-hmm. and she's like pushing for them to take it to the next level she wants <laughs> right, to have sex right right but he's an alien his physiology is different from right, hers right in the meanwhile the he's been brought in he's been asked by the 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 mayor of the city to help the police with a case that they're having that there's a serial killer killing prostitutes and they basically eviscerating their bodies Ooh. and they can't find out who it is it's connected right right, right. so he's he's connected to it so right. You know, it, it'll. It, I don't want to spoil it right, because, right. yeah, it, we're trying to get hype for the for the film. Yeah. Um, then uh, we have another one uh, called uh, um, "Fun with Maga." No, it's, it's. I'm trying to remember the title now. It's. Uh, I think it's called "Fun with Manga," and it's basically again takes place in the comic book store. Um, this girl gets uh, she buys a set of like uh, pencils for for drawing like anime characters right, and all that right, stuff. Right from this really beautiful shopkeeper and come to find that uh, uh, anyone she draws with the pencil set takes away their life force. Okay. And she and she's becoming like prettier as a right, result right, of it. Right. And then she co- come to find out that the person that sold her the pencils is actually like somewhat of a witch. And they get into this big like choreographed fight sequence where it's essentially like um, a Sailor Moon type situation okay, okay. where it's kind of like she has <laughs> to transform to nice. defeat this creature or whatever. Right. Great. So but yeah, I mean, um, I, I know I'm missing one. But, uh, yeah, but but what was the tell me about the campaign? Like, how did it go? go oh down yeah, yeah. For you guys Sorry. First? <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. That's great to hear. Yeah. So um, so yeah, we came up with the idea of Comic Book Wednesday, and we submitted it to Cineku, and and you didn't have to have a completed script at this point, correct? As I recall, and that's yeah, part yeah. of the problem, I think. Honestly. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. because um, the thing I we found through Cineku through the contest is it really helps if you already have an idea that's either fully formed you, you, you've of. shot something right because if you're going through the challenges week to week and you have nothing right you have a week to film and do this stuff um so the first one was of course the pitch video um and you know this is our concept comic book wednesday and they're really cool the way cinecoop works um is they give you one challenge that's video which mm-hmm. requires production right and then another challenge that's more like marketing based like a poster right. or whatever right so you kind of get like quote unquote an off week in regards to having to get out there with a camera or something yeah. exactly right um then we uh then we had to do our differentiator video which was basically um we did a bit of a gag uh 
it was me, Steve, and Todd pitching the idea, but kind of showing that, look, this is a fusion between comic books and horror movies, right? And we did a whole like a bit where me and Todd uh, fuse anime style. Oh, yeah. And yeah, this is a awesome. grotesque <laughs> yeah, amalgamation that was, that of was incredible. Todd. That looks yeah. so good for it, so little money, you, I'm You know sure, what? Yeah. It, it really, it, it bit us. It, it, it came back to bite us because, um, and this is why it's important to have a, a fully formed idea. You know how we shot it all VHS style, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. it was like bad VHS, bad right. acting. Yeah, yeah, bad acting. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening was a lot of people thought that's how we were going to do it. They're ah. like, they're like, oh, they're going to do like this VHS type idea. Right, right, right. And honestly, since the campaign, I've really been thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? That might be the way to do it. For because sure. if Creepshow was a, a reference, uh, uh, something that really... Uh, inspired it why not do it in that style because well, kung fury did it did it oh, amazingly so well he used but, it really well but those guys are talented matt <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah and 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 it, it got all this hype and and then like uh then we released our next video which was uh a really good uh, challenge and it's uh basic it's called speechless you're supposed right, to do yes. a video without any dialogue right and so ah uh, just remember the other story <laughs> the, the astronaut's husband was the ah, other okay, story okay. right kind of a twist on the fantastic four gotcha but uh so the idea is uh we shot it and we shot that one more of a traditional style okay sure. and a lot of people like their comments were like what happened to the vhs look it would have <laughs> right. been so cool and they were like dang but right? i mean you have the freedom a bit like four rooms right to mm -hmm. to have each of these yeah, segments could have been be in a, a different style that's yeah. correct and yeah. we had always we had always thought of that going right. in in fact we had decided at one point that uh, one of them was actually going to be black and white like oh, we cool. were going to yeah, like yeah. jump genres For sure. and uh yeah and then and then the next video probably our biggest one was um uh essentially different angle and so the idea is like you're supposed to present your idea as a different genre entirely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we decided to do musical ah. so we did a musical number basically explaining the plot to comic book wednesday right. as a musical number in the store we were really jazzed about this one. Like, yeah, this one's going to be like, we're going to win this week, right? right because right. of it. And, uh, wait, so wait, there's, you can win like. Oh yeah. There's uh, sorry. There's, there's a winner for every challenge. Oh, I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. That. And it's, but so, it's, and not it's based on who gets the most votes that week or what? Uh, it's actually decided by Cineku. Oh, okay. Cool. Has very little. Well, hmm. I, 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 I'm sure it plays a factor, Yeah, but they, um, uh, they definitely, uh, decide who who was the winner that week in regards to how they managed that challenge right and also like a runner-up in regards gotcha, to honorable gotcha. mention right okay um some really good ones and, and it, 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 you could see the trend like um uh high school brawl right very much dominated a lot of a lot of yeah. the weeks right and and they they ended up getting option yep, in the end yep, right yep. so i think actually they were one of the winners weren't, weren't they, they they won yeah and they chose so there two were two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah, sorry, and and so uh, we did. Uh, so we did our musical number. We were feeling so jazzed about that one. Come to find that Na uh, Namas Namastai also did a musical, oh. but they did a musical with puppets, <laughs> which was so endearing. All right, right. like so much. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, the biggest thing for us though is um, as we were progressing. Uh, we made it to the top 30, which mm -hmm. was awesome, right? Yep. Like, uh, and then uh, I think the last video challenge before that was uh, the the marketing, and you're right. kind of supposed to show the future of where do you see it? Like, do you do, you do action figures and stuff? And we we decided to go to the end because Wolf Cop did it so well because they were like Wolf Cop 
action figure which is a cool idea yeah and we kind of like we got a bit cocky with it where we were just kind of like yeah well comic books and action figures are so fucking obvious for ours right <laughs> so we were talking about like a netflix original series where it's like a like anthology of of stuff and bringing in canadian directors right, right. and and we even talked about like taking the marvel approach and creating us a, a marvel uh sorry a Cineco cinematic universe right. where, oh, okay, yeah, where yeah. we would somehow tie a story to wolf cop and right, all that right, sort of yeah, stuff yeah. in fact uh, our script um, the detective in the um, jokes on me short where he's being uh, where uh, this guy's being inter- interrogated the detective is supposed to be a cousin of the of wolf cops right, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. so all cynical movies are related yeah, well that, that was that was the <laughs> yeah, idea yeah, yeah. right and so uh, uh, but so okay so that was kind of the last big video challenge. And then we went, uh, once we got into the top 30. Top 30, okay. Yeah, top 30. Um, and the, how, did you get feedback as to how you're doing voting-wise? Like, do you? No. No, that, that's kind no of, idea. That's kind of the shitty thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it really, it really would help if, yeah. if there was that aspect. The only thing is that, one thing that we did notice is... The way Sinaku decides to keep things fair is you can vote for your team, your own team and stuff, yeah. but you can only earn votes by commenting and being involved right. in other yes. stuff. Right, yes. It's very smart. It forces you to engage with the Well, whole it is and it yeah. isn't because yeah. uh, we, we would see comments and it would be so telling yeah. on our page where people would be like, great job. Can't wait to see the next one. And it's <laughs> yeah, just kind of yeah. like you're getting votes <laughs> yeah, yeah. for your team. You're just trying to, yeah. <laughs> Which fair enough, yeah, right? Whatever, yeah. Yeah, but it would be really cool to see how you're trending, right? Like for see, sure, yeah, for sure. And yeah. and and I've noticed that the same is true with StoryHive. They try to keep it a little bit vague as to because you can't see the votes. Right. All you can see is who is trending right now, and right. all that really means is who's being really being searched for at right, the time. Right. right. But you do get emails, don't you, saying like you were in the bottom thirty this week or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, like that helps, but it doesn't. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of like. So where was I? Yeah, was I was I in like one or number thirty? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but so it's interesting though that you uh, that you then par- moved over to the story hive thing because of course I don't know if you know this Jay Jolly and Overactive mm-hmm. Entertainment in Vancouver run Sinaku mm-hmm. and and story hive uses their guts like the guts of that whole system. Oh yeah. is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So and, it's a different system, but it actually uses the same software. And, I, and I'll tell you the only reason the only reason that I think we. We did so well on Story Hive is because of going through Cynico. Right, Cynico was so, like a trial by fire. So, what are the nuts and bolts that you re- really were like? Okay, this is what we learned in Cynico. We're going to do okay. it even better on Story Hive. So and you were successful. Okay, so Cynico, their big thing is the teams that tended to trend well mm-hmm. were the ones that provided daily original content. Okay. Like stuff like every day they were able to supply you with something, right? right? right, right. And they were always showing behind the scenes, videos, all that sort of stuff, right? Right. So going into Story Hive, we made the active effort of we're gonna we're going to take as many pictures as possible, show as much behind the scenes and stuff. Even just tweeting a photo, it's like exactly. put something out there. Exactly, yeah. and also like engage engagement with the fan base, right? So any comment, no matter how little it was, is very much like, hey man, thanks for stopping right. by at our page sure. and all this sort of stuff. And it really like it's so funny because I actually got warnings from the Edmonton uh, film pages. What <laughs> like warnings? Because you were too active. <laughs> exactly, and it was like <laughs> yeah. like uh, I got and, and and they're completely right, and I apologize, <laughs> right? right. Because honestly there it, is a point where it's and they, and they even it. they even uh, like the thing is i i missed the message of the what they told me what i was supposed to do so i i was posting stuff daily and the guy one of the admins kind of reached out and say hey listen we know you're excited about your project but can you just please limit everything to one post like just post it on one thread and people right. can view it there right, sure all right missed the message because ah. it, he wasn't friended with me so Dude, it was I like just discovered this <laughs> 
Did, did you see this when I was on? Like, I, I had for this podcast, I had like three yeah. different people being like, "Oh, can I? Can I be on?" I had yeah. no idea. I didn't. Go, I don't get these messages because I'm not You're friends cooler with than you think. <laughs> yeah. And then you open the uh, the filtered area of your messages. Then there's yeah. 83 messages. A lot of them are spam, but a lot of them are from. people. Oh, I feel yeah. bad too because I've had a couple of messages where it's like, "Hey, we'd like to you to be involved with this event." Right. I'm like, right. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was being snubbed from <laughs> that. Six months later, you're like, "Oh, I'm an asshole." So, so yeah, like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, so finally I get this like I get up on the one of the posts and it was like this is your third warning and I'm like Whoa. third warning <laughs> so I look it up I'm like fuck uh, and I felt so bad yeah, right yeah, yeah. so um so I apologize and stuff but like at the same time like what are your options right yeah, like and, yeah. and and also something I'm learning this go around the gap or your ability to reach people is becoming constrained big time on YouTube. Right, right. Huge. Oh, for sure, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Like, so much so that one thing that we did this go around that we didn't do for Cineku is now all of our content, all of our our, our, our content is specifically, like, because YouTube has videos now, right? Yeah. So we released our trailer on on Facebook exclusively. Oh, okay. And then we we, we had links on YouTube, but we didn't really promote them. Right. Um, like we have like 5.7 thousand views on our trailer for The Good Survivor. On Facebook. On Facebook. Right. Would not hit that without a promotional right. campaign right. on YouTube, sure. right? Sure. Really good, right? Yeah. And But the, but at the same time, I'm also like, Facebook video isn't really legitimized yet either. No, like true. no one's really looking at it as a yeah. real analytical it's thing. It's coming, but yeah. And, and, and that's what concerns me because the moment people start really looking at it as an analytical tool is the point where Facebook is going to start really clamping looking at it to it, clamp yeah. down yeah. on it. and But also monetizing it apparently is coming. Ex- yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, but it, it is a bit of a concern because YouTube used to be like such a great a way to do for that. sure for sure but ne- but now I, I assume i assume no one will see it if i don't push it in some other way like youtube is so so oversaturated yeah there's no i, I assume no one will ever find it if, yeah if and, I don't and, do and honestly one other thing and if i can give anyone tips is um in regards to marketing your, your project don't rely on social media that pushes to other social media mm-hmm. so a really good example is instagram right. on instagram you can post a picture and it, it, you can link it to your Twitter and your Facebook account, but it's just your link to that. Right. You, you can view it, but you will get way more impressions if you were to post on Instagram, create a post for Facebook, create a post for Separate, Twitter. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. then it's like original content for that social media tip. feed. A yeah. little bit more work, sure, but yeah. uh, really works in regards to trying to pull that And retention. it makes things look cleaner too, man. I get, I get, I, I honestly get so annoyed from seeing Facebook posts that are just connected to Twitter and it's like the first 10 words of something and then yeah. dot, 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 Facebook link. And it's like, man, I, and I'm guilty too. It mm. sucks because you have to do three different pieces of content for all three of those those yeah. platforms, but it's the better way to do and, it. And it is something I'm learning because uh, originally for our team for uh, The Good Survivor, uh, Todd was our social media guy, right? right? Uh, but he very quickly had to drop out because uh, uh, of life, right? Yeah, he's got yeah. he's he's really busy with work and all that stuff. Sure. So then I started kind of doing a lot of reading up on it and, mm-hmm. and reading about uh, Google Analytics and yeah, yeah. what are the best times to post and stuff. Right. And uh, you'd be surprised what you learn. Like yeah. uh, like I was actually really surprised to like learn that like. Um, best day to post isn't really Monday. It's actually Tuesday. Right. Uh, right. People are usually so caught up in the day to day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Don't really like, and, and the time windows, like they say, like uh, after 5 PM, it's kind of useless to post just because um, the majority of the Eastern seaboard around 5 PM having supper, traveling right. home, commuting, yeah. Yeah. They, they won't see it until sure. six or seven anyway. Right. right. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. So really <laughs> interesting stuff. And, and you know what? There's an industry there too. Oh, for like sure. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, I really find it fascinating that you did your podcast with Alex Mitchell and he was talking about the, uh, what was it, DTI? 
Yeah, DIT. DIT, yeah. sorry. DIT and how it's a role that's emerged out of necessity over right. the years, right? Yeah. And I strongly believe that even now, I feel a bit behind the mark at this point, that's something that needs to exist in a film production. You need a person. And I know that publicists and marketing exist, mm-hmm. but you need a person that's not just like, give me content, I will push. Really thinking about creative ways of of making your brand uh, or, or uh, providing brand awareness in social media and even in the real world, in real yeah. life, right? Yeah, it's yeah, IRL, sure. right? Well, yeah, no, like you said, uh, DIT was like the newest position on set. And I, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think I read a blog on No Film School, which, and they're calling the role social media producer, mm-hmm. who's the on set person gathering content yeah. for just for like social media. Putting pushes. it on yeah. Instagram, like yeah. while it's happening. And live, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Totally, yeah. Periscope or whatever, yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, it's like I'm not going to have fucking uh, coming soon.net coming on my right, film right, set right, to try right, to take yeah, behind sure, the scene sure, photos, yeah. right? Um, but uh, what S- is... So, so, sorry. So, uh, oh, so Cineku yes. was really great for us learning that mm-hmm. gap, identifying that that gap existed right, right. and learning that we need to figure out a strategy to fill that gap right, right. because it's not enough to have the good content. You need to have that, um, uh, that person that's pushing it and identifying the key people, key demographics to push it to, so that it'll get uh, keep getting pushed, right? Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah. So let's get into the the timing stuff now, which is mm-hmm. that uh, the Good Survivor's done. Yeah. And tell me a bit about the content of the Good Survivor. What's okay. So um, the Good Survivor was written about a year ago. Um, again, going back to Nirvana, it was actually the reason it took a year is because at the time that. Uh, the Good Survivor idea was floating around. We were in the middle of Comic Book Wednesday. Right. Uh, Dylan Thomas Boucher, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of ours, young kid, about uh, just turned 17, I want to say. Um, he uh, hung out at Nirvana a lot. And he was actually there during those brainstorming sessions ah. while we were doing Comic right, Book right. Wednesday. And uh, he and I were talking and uh, got into the conversation about um, doing a short with him. Uh, Dylan was born with cerebral palsy. Right. right? And he's really involved in Keanu Theater, which is the local theater group in Fort Murray. Cool. Really great way, really great uh, community uh, for uh, identifying people that are talented and showing them the path of like, hey, go, you can go to U of A, do a BFA or right, all right, that right. sort of stuff. And he um, has been involved in these productions, but never as a lead. And he's always, want, you know, every, every actor wants to play a lead, right? For sure. Yeah. But his biggest challenge is physicality of the role has right. always been a challenge for him. Totally. And as a result, he, he's never really gotten that shot. Um, he's auditioned to some local films. Uh, I helped produce a film called Night Out last year. Uh, the director is Steph Link. She's actually the production, uh, uh, production manager for Keanu Theater. Mm-hmm. Really talented uh, female director. Uh, I can't speak enough positively about her right she um uh i was i was the director of photography for her uh first feature last year as well uh called a little cabaret it was a documentary following the yes i remember your social yeah, when you were doing and this yeah, i yeah. will say the one thing i did learn from that was i do not want to do documentaries <laughs> oh, okay. we shot over a thousand oh, hours of footage right. that had to be edited into an 88 minute film ouch, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun yeah. and it's so funny because the the fallout of that was people still came up to me it's like why wasn't so-and-so in yeah it? <laughs> Your camera was here for three days and we didn't see any of this. Yeah. So, um, so Dylan and I were talking about it and I was like, okay, we're doing comic book Wednesday right now, but think about this. And I basically, I, I, I kind of put it a kernel in his mind and I said, you don't want to have a film that's a romantic film with a guy that happens to have cerebral palsy. 
if you're going to do a film about about uh, with yourself as the lead, you have to take on the subject matter head on. And totally. I, the example I gave him at the time was it, most films that Arnold Schwarzenegger is in have a line in them that addresses, <laughs> oh, you know, when you used to run track in the, yeah, for yeah, Germany yeah. in the Olympics, like yeah, they always the, have to explain yeah. why he has an accent, sure. right? Because they have to. Totally, get, yeah. and, and I said, the the bad part about that is every single one of those movies, so the, the bad ones, like they, they explain it away as like, this is why. But the good ones are always like, well, that's why he's so physically fit is because right, he used right. to r- run for right. whatever, right? Like uh, Jingle All The Way is hilarious because they do the whole bit where he's like, I used to run track in Austria and he's doing the whole bit where he's running down the street against Sinbad. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't catch that. That's yeah. Funny. So um, but this is, tr- this is true of, and, and it sounds bad. But this is an issue that Canadian actors have trying to get work in the U.S. Yeah. Is we have an accent. And, yeah. I mean, and it may not be that obvious, but the problem is, and, and, and this sounds like a negative word, especially in this context, but it is a distraction. Yeah. And, and, and when I'm directing something, I want my audience to think about what I want them to be thinking about. I don't want them thinking about why does this person have a different sounding voice? And then they've missed two important yeah. lines that. So, so, yeah, you've got to And write what you know, right? Yeah, for sure. So he, he took that away. And then um, as the comic book Wednesday thing panned out and, you know, we, we eventually and I didn't finish that story, but like, so the top 15 was revealed in Edmonton. So we made the effort of going all the way to Edmonton yeah, yeah. with our hopes. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's so funny because I I personally feel this played a factor in Todd not being involved in the good survival. <laughs> well, yeah. But it, it, it sucked, man. You guys had such great momentum. Well, and I, I appreciate I was that, watching man. it. And I was, yeah, I was disappointed. And, and I mean, yeah. it happens, right? Of course. And, and, yeah. and you know, it, you, you either, you either learn from it and move to the next stage or you dwell on it. And how many projects altogether? 98 or something? Like I think that? so. Yeah. yeah so yeah. top 30 is not bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and really proud of that. Mm-hmm, right. And mm-hmm. so we go to the top 15. We didn't, we didn't get announced. Yeah. Had a lovely supper that night. Right, right. <laughs> a few beverages. That was my takeaway. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, Dylan and I, we touch base afterwards, and finally we come up with the idea of what if what if uh, your character was in a world where people no longer had a tolerance for people with disabilities, and right. and when I say tolerance, I mean society isn't built for people with disabilities right. anymore. Well, what right. scenarios? And I said, well, you know what? I've never made a zombie movie yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And so then it became a thing of like, this is a pretty good idea. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll write a script. And I was busy with a couple of other things at the time, but Dylan would constantly be messaging me. He's like, how's that script coming along? How's this script? And we'd be throwing ideas off each other. And finally we came up with a script and we were like, okay, this could be good. This could be a nice short film. Well, maybe we can do a couple of festivals within and uh, we'll see where it goes. And, and my whole mentality behind it was, it would be a really good um, uh, showcase for Dylan for if he wants to do auditions for some, he can send a demo reel, right? Totally. And uh, then we heard that Story Hive was starting up again with right. digital shorts. Right. And we're like, holy shit. And so we had to sit down with the team because we were going to shoot in November. And the sit down was, okay, guys, we could do Story Hive. We could get $10,000. But just so you know, it's going to push production into December, which is going to be cold. Right. Everyone said, you know what? It's worth the $10,000. Sure. So we did it and uh, we got it <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we shot in December. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting because we actually had to get an exemption from Story High because they had a mandatory uh, workshop to right. attend to basically go over the rules. Right. And where was that? In Edmonton? In Edmonton. Right. Okay. And I, 
I had to call them up and kind of ask for the exemption. Yeah. And they basically said, they, at first they told me, well, we really need you there. Um, but we'll look at your guys's resume of your mm -hmm. previous work and we'll make a decision. Right. And so they came back and they said, you know, we feel confident you guys can do this, right? right? Like a lot of it was production based, but make sure, make sure you looking at what your requirements are. Right. right. So, uh, everything worked out. Cool. Uh, we were, cool. we were fortunate enough to actually catch a small window of, of decent weather, right. uh, during a cold spell and, um, and yeah, uh, production went really well. The money really fucking helped in that. I, I, I like, I, I will, it. I will say this: that the the difference between an independent short and a and a short that has funding is that money really greases the wheels with right. a lot of things. For sure. We had we were able to have a tent to keep people warm in. Nice. Yeah. We had food. I was, and this was, I'm particularly proud of this because it's like one of those things. Like you know, you always, you always, uh, especially when you're doing an independent short, you're always focusing on getting people involved that are passionate about the project, right? Because they're not doing it for the money, right? Right, right. But it was really nice to at least have some money to provide to, totally, to the totally, cast yeah, and crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, I mean, it, it really like, if like I just actually, we just got the set. Oh, this is a really good education for people that are thinking about in the future. So yeah. just so you guys know, you guys do need to float a bit of this because the way it works ah, is right. Story High will give you a first drawdown of 5,000. Right. And then after you're done, you get the other 5,000. Right. So if you're really trying to look for a $10,000 production bat budget you need to go out of pocket a bit right. and expect it to come back or on a so, credit card which is, well, it, i wouldn't recommend obviously well but, exactly right but i'm sure people have and it's yeah. and it's it's really something to think about right like uh you really have to consider it and even the first drawdown takes a while like uh i think the checks the first checks didn't even arrive until december 18th oh so, so you already shot so that yeah oh, so okay. a lot of people a lot of people had to shoot in January and right. think about that. You have to shoot in January to deliver on time in February. Ooh, yeah. It's a really wow. tight, tight deadline. And if you don't get your money until the 18th, that's, and then Christmas. Like, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're shooting through Christmas. Right, right, right. right yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it was a really good education. And, uh, the best part of it, I think is like, I've been saying, uh, throughout this podcast is like a lot of really good connections. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I'm, I'm here in Calgary because we're, we just did a screening, uh, at the e-media e gallery mm -hmm. and I got to see some of the other shorts and yeah. also talk to some of the other teams and yeah, cool. uh really cool ideas nice. um uh, like we were just saying before the podcast i saw a, uh, okay i will say two two shorts that i highly recommend people watch aside from voting for us <laughs> um a red pill mm -hmm. and uh cyborgs cool yeah, yeah both who have been on the podcast yeah but, cyborgs is so fucking funny is it good yeah. like oh my god oh and they're doing the vhs thing too right they totally yeah, yeah, yeah. they owned that vhs <laughs> thing uh, watching that like the comedic timing in that was so solid that's nice. a solid 10 minutes really entertaining um one really great shot that i i just couldn't stop laughing at and uh and yeah and and then you have like the inverse of that which is uh a red pill which is a one shot movie right but really really makes you think and we were just again talking before the podcast how like I look at that movie and I'm like, I'm so uh, jealous because of the fact that I can't picture myself even writing that script, right? right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely, uh, uh, what's, I'm sorry, what's the director? Dan Olson. Yeah. Dan Olson. Yeah. He definitely has, um, in my opinion, a real talent for um, 
leading the audience. So mm-hmm. in other words, it's like he he somehow knew people would draw certain assumptions watching right, that, right? right. Mm-hmm. So and, and he I plays on that. And and I yeah, exactly. Huh. And my my whole mindset of uh, when I'm making a film is this is the story I'm telling, you can interpret it any way you right, want, right. which is totally different than that, <laughs> right? right. right. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's great to learn from each other and and I think yeah, the more and awesome it's so awesome that Telus is doing what they're doing and and all the funding bodies that are supporting filmmakers. Yeah, and so, I got to so say nice and and I mean uh I, I will say that uh, one of the things that that uh, people should really, um, if anything, the biggest thing that you can get out of this whole story hive thing is the mentorship that they provided. Oh, um, uh, so part of it is they hook you up with a mentor. Okay, uh, mine was uh, a gentleman by the name of Rudy, who was my uh, production mentor. Cool, and then Mike Fly, who was my uh, script mentor. I met Mike Fly at TIFF last year. He's awesome. He's an awesome He's guy. A killer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's really interesting because. He, um, Story Hive gives you a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like when he was looking at my script, he's like, hey, Tito, these are my notes. Mm-hmm. Take them or leave them. Right, right. right. And then I said, okay, cool. Like, listen, I'm going to do this and that, but I'm not going to do that. Right. We're going to debate about that. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I hope it pans out for you. Let me know if you need anything else. And he was really, like, really engaging in our back and forth in regards to looking. That's look awesome. I had no idea about that. Oh, yeah. Huh. And, and his whole thing is like, um, Maybe it was him as a mentor, yeah. but his whole thing is just like, if you have something, send it over to me. I'll have a look at it. We'll get give we'll, you some ideas. And he or was really good, really super engaging. Right. Yeah, and yeah, he's stuff. a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, and and I look forward to meeting him at some point. I um in the future because uh, like again, really great connection, really great guy. For um, sure. And and for me, like I already feel like we won because of that because right. the the prize now in this next yeah. So game. this is what I know. There's mm. a, a voting campaign now. I have no idea what everyone's voting for. What what's the okay? So the the apparently two teams are going to be selected for. A scholarship for the Banff Media Festival. Oh, so nice. In other words, it's like they're paying your way to go. Excellent. And hopefully they 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 actually help you with like meetings and all that sort of right, stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's where the mentorship could also come right, in too. For sure. And the other thing is uh professional mentorship on where you want to go professionally. So in other words, okay. uh the next step of it is oh, you want to do this with this concept? Uh tell us NSI will help you in regards to how how we would do it if you love would, it if, yeah that's great and i think that has way more value than any cash because at that point if you think about what they're trying to do with their mandate is they're trying to generate uh more content from creators sure. yeah yeah giving me fifty thousand dollars may not do that right like fifty thousand dollars if if i'm not if if i'm if i'm not thinking film if i only did it just because i want to try this once yeah sweet vacation i'm gonna i'm gonna pay <laughs> right, off yeah, my yeah. debts and all that stuff sure, sure. but you really have to be like that passionate filmmaker that For wants sure. to really make more content mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. point so i think with with that respect it's there's a lot more value in what they're offering and i really respect them for that awesome. and uh outside of that it's it's really fascinating because um uh <laughs> my first conversation with mike Lai was so good um so he calls me uh, or i call him up and the first thing he says, okay, cool. I've, I've read your script and everything. Listen, I, I've got one question and it's going to set the tone for the rest of our conversation. I'm like, okay. He's like, so your lead character has cerebral palsy. Does the actor have cerebral palsy? <laughs> yes. This and I'm is like, important. yes, yes, he does. And he's like, oh, thank goodness. And he's like, we, uh, I was I was really worried we were going to have to have this awkward conversation of how to properly portray it without being yeah, offensive. Yeah, that right? would have been, so, yeah. Dicey. And you know, I never even thought of that uh, yeah, at the moment, no, no, right? Yeah. So. Huh. Well, yeah. And of course, because the genesis was from that place. That's yeah, cool. exactly. So. so, oh my God, we're already so far into it. And, and I apologize, man. No, no, no. This yeah. is great. And I want to split it up into like a two-parter or something, but it's important that we get this out 
uh, on Monday so that, mm-hmm. so that we can push some votes your way. Um, so we'll cut it off here, but I want to remind everyone to check out what you, I mean, hyperphotonic media is your company. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, what I would, what I would say is, um, right now for the, for the, for the sake of what we're doing, uh, the good survivor.com has a link to all of our social media. Okay. And uh, the, from there, you can link to everything else we have, right? right, right, right. Hyperphotonic Media, yeah. Uh, man, I really need to work on that. <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, uh, it, the genesis of the name come, came from Nighthawks. Oh, okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. what happened was um, I, I needed to get insurance. Mm-hmm. And so I formed a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had already done some wedding photography before then. Right, right. Um, and we, me and the editor, also my producer, were spitballing names. His name is Jared Derby. And we were like, what would be a really cool name? And we're like, like a really, really cool name. And we were joking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're like, how about hyper photonic media? And they're like, that sounds so fucking legit. Like just joking <laughs> I love around. It. I love and it. then after a couple of yeah. days, we're like, I think this is the best we can come up with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And it's, uh, it, it's really good. It, it, but we got to talk more about the Fort McMurray Filmmakers Association with the film festivals. You do two film festivals, don't you? Uh, we do, okay. We do, we do three major events in the year. Uh, the first one is called Winter Reels, which we just completed okay, for this three, year. Nice. Yeah. It's a 48 hour contest okay. as well as we show like uh, a feature film. Right. Uh, so it's kind of a bit of an event. Sweet. Then we have the Fort Murray International Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is our, our film festival festival right. and then we have an event known as film fear right. which we what we i'm really this is kind of my baby because um and i say that in the sense that it's my baby in the sense that um it's what gets group, you most excited the yeah. group and the right. group is most excited it's our funnest right. event right. cool um we we do a bunch of grindhouse trailers there's okay. like a bunch of oh, like sweet. from old ones that we show nice we have uh local content but we also like throughout the year even now actively every time i see something really good on the internet like a really good horror short right i like bookmark it and then like i reach out to these filmmakers oh, nice. after the fact Great. and i'm like hey man i'd love to feature your short and all that stuff and as a result i've actually made some pretty cool connections ah, smart. over smart. the years right, right? So I want to go into all that stuff, but we'll have to go another time, maybe with more of the group. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. On the podcast, but uh, but check out everything Tito's up to, um, and be sure to vote for the Good Survivor. Is that the best? GoodSurvivor.com, the Good Survivor. That's probably the best because we're gonna embed the video there and stuff. Okay, great. You could go to StoryHive and search for it, but I honestly think I think for the sake of simplicity, the GoodSurvivor.com is probably the best. Links to it through there. Correct, sir. Cool. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, by all means, uh, I, I totally. Uh, encourage other people to reach out to me and uh, Mm. learn how I faked my way through things. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Well, thank you, uh, Tito, for being here. That was uh, just wicked awesome. And uh, like I say at the end, there, we, there's so much more to say with him uh, and his whole crew. They're up to so many cool things. For sure. And what I, what I really like about them is you can you can just feel that they're doing this because they love it and mm-hmm. the, the passion is there. For sure. For um, sure. And they're kind of making their own industry yeah, up in Fort yeah. Mac where you wouldn't expect a film industry. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it's such a fertile area to do it. And, and they're kind of pioneers uh, in that sense. All right. So let's jump into the upcoming deadline. Sure. Scott. Yeah. Um, so there's the Gallery of Media Arts, which is a, a micro cinema programming partnership between the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, AMAS, the Arts Commons and CASA in Lethbridge. Um, and they are accepting submissions until March 11th, which is in 10 days from this moment um they're saying through a peer assessment selection process gamma programs up to 24 alberta media artists annually running in three months segments uh the media art appears on tv monitors located in the arts commons casa gallery in lethbridge and the legislative interpretive center in edmonton uh the project reaches a diverse audience of all ages content must be suitable for public spaces obviously and each of the selected proposals will receive an artist fee of 400 bucks so if you've got something um 
suitable, submit uh, by March 11th. And we've got the link on how to do that in the show notes. The micro budget deadlines are uh, actually quite various, kind of depending on where you might be applying. Um, and uh, the FAVA deadline has already passed. But I did want to make a clarification, and thanks to Far West Productions for the correction. Uh, I had said that FAVA had uh, deadlines for the Aboriginal component, the main component, component, and the foreign language component uh, or French language component. That's not true. They don't have the the French language component. Uh, you're going to need to go to the uh, the Manitoba deadline uh, organization for that. Um, and best of luck to everyone with their uh, applications. Yeah. Um. NSI is now accepting applications for the Shaw Media Diverse TV Director Program. Um, this is really cool. It's a, it's a two-phase diversity training course for up to four directors who are male uh, and or Aboriginal, male or female Aboriginals, uh, or a male or female visible minority um, or a person with a disability. The course is intended for directors who are ready to uh, jump into TV series directing, um, and it's a development training and job shadowing program. Uh, so you must have a, a short film or a feature film or a, a non-series TV directing experience um, to apply. Uh, there's a $100 submission fee uh, and $1,500 tuition if you are selected. Um, but it's a really great opportunity. Six-day boot camp in Toronto in May this year uh, and a four-week director shadow on a series, um, which, will be, which will be selected uh, depending on how they get greenlit. So applications are being received until March 14th. Um, and if you fit into any of those categories of diversity, definitely apply because it's a, it's a great opportunity. March Madness is coming up. Ampi is putting it on again in Edmonton this month, March 19th. And it's a super fun, uh, just day-long, awesome uh, exploration of, of what the film industry is about in Alberta. Um, it's an amazing opportunity for people. If you're new to the industry and looking to understand how it kind of works in Alberta, That's uh, it's invaluable. There's there's no better kind of crash course you're going to get for how this this operation functions. Um, Not to mention some some always some great speakers. And last time uh, it it was a great uh, way of of shedding some light on some some filmmakers, much like our podcast intends to, who are maybe not as well known. There's a director in Edmonton who's shot a ton of music videos, owns a restaurant. Um, He's worked with bands like. uh, a bunch of Canadian bands that are important that I can't <laughs> remember the name of right now, but he, he was a great, uh, great listen and really cool to talk to. And it, the day's just filled with that stuff. The highlight last year though, for sure was the, was the last, uh, speaker of the day it was a former SNL writer. And he now works on, um, Brooklyn nine, nine, his name's Norm Hiscock from Edmonton originally, and, uh, had a really great chat with him. And, uh, of course, afterwards you get to do, do drinks and, 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 uh, mingle and get to know everybody. So it's a great way to, uh, make new friends and catch up with old ones from the industry. So I highly recommend it. It is $20 for members of Ampia. And that also includes FAVA members and CSIF members uh, and $30 for non-members. And I believe last year, oh yeah, I see it here. They have uh, a free, uh, it's free for students and new Ampia members. So if you, if you joined after March 30th, you can get into this event for free. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah That's just amazing cool. for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I remember everyone was talking about it last year um, and I was not lucky enough to go, um, which sucked, um, but it's definitely something cool to check out. But what but I am we going do have to, story summit we do have up. Story Summit coming up this weekend, which we just talked about, but I'll, I'll go through the, the quick facts. Tickets are still on sale. The most expensive are $375 for non-Ampia members, which I, I think even that price is totally worth it. Um, if you And that's the full weekend if you want to attend workshops it only gets cheaper from there down to 125 dollars for students so if you're a student get your ass to banff Wait, i'll do it like <laughs> like arnie nice. get your ass to banff 
um, and see the story summit. Um, that got worse. <laughs> the Fava Video Kitchen uh, is just about to get started, but there's still time to sign up. Uh, it actually starts this Thursday. Um, but it looks like if you go to head to fava.ca, uh, you should be able to still sign up and join up for the Fava Video Kitchen class, which is a great crash course. Uh, nope, this is the... Uh, introductory. I can't keep I can't keep them straight. This is the introductory one. Yes. So it is kind of a crash course yeah. in making your, your own uh, short film. So get on that. Uh, that link is in the uh, no, show notes. Uh, if you're in Calgary, the CSAF is having a grip and lighting basics workshop this weekend, March 5th and 6th uh, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, for CSAF members, the cost is only 170 bucks. And for non-members, it's $210. Although I think a membership is 40 bucks to the CSAF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's worth getting a membership just for this. For um, sure. So participants will learn about the complexities of grip and lighting equipment, um, an introduction to various location lighting techniques, safety protocol and procedures. Uh, you'll also get the opportunity to experiment with lighting through examples and hands-on exercises. Um, the instructor is Thomas Martins. Definitely check that out uh, if you have any interest in lighting and grip. And you got to get into the uh, McEwen University set etiquette, proto set etiquette and protocol course. We talk about this a lot. It's a requirement in order to get uh, into the DGC. So uh, it's happening on March 5th and you should sign up. It's $100 and it's basically designed for newcomers to the film industry to get an idea of what it's like to be on set and kind of how to behave and, and operate uh, as uh, a useful member of a crew. And you can find out more details in the show notes on that. Uh, just announced uh, from the camera store in Calgary uh, is a lighting and staging workshop for food and product photography. So this is still photography, um, but of course there's a ton of crossover between filmmakers and still photographers. Um, it's happening May 27th, 7 to 9 p.m. And then again on May 28th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and you'll get lots of hands-on experience and, and theoretical knowledge about lighting food, um, which of course can apply to a lot of different products, um, which is great if you're doing any sort of corporate promotional video or uh, if you're shooting the next iPhone commercial. For sure, um, yeah. I saw it on uh, on Twitter and I thought, I bet there's probably some great crossover uh, for filmmakers for Definitely, workshop. yeah. So check that out uh, at the link in the show notes. And Bell Media has a, a very extensive job posting for an operator, a general operator and on a part-time basis uh, at uh, CTV. Um, there's a lot of information uh, and the link is available in the show notes, but basically it's it's uh, part-time, so 24 to 30 hours per week. And uh, you've got to have the ability to work a variety of shifts um, and uh, you're going to be operating things like the teleprompter and liaising with producers and directors and managing studio lighting and maybe some news editing. It looks like quite an interesting job. So uh, head on over to our show notes or mediajobsearchcanada.com for more information on that. Six Degrees in Calgary is hiring a full-time producer and studio manager. Uh, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but the job call is still open. Um, duties include project management, client management, budgeting, talent coordination, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a really important position with a really great company. So definitely check out the link to that in the show notes. So let's move on to our final segment, the yeah. recommendations. This has been a long episode, but uh, I, I would recommend uh, going out and doing a location scout. You never know when your next project's going to come up. And even if you don't have one in mind, get to know your area, get to know what's in your local zone, um, as the unions would call it. So, so just hop in your car and, and put on some tunes and just drive around and you'll find our province is filled with some gems of locations. Certainly. Uh, and it's good to have those in your back pocket rather than hoping to find them uh, when you're trying to shoot something with a deadline. It's a great, it's a great one. And, and it, a, a location can inspire a story very mm -hmm, easily. Mm -hmm. If you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was here. For sure. Um, Plus, it just helps. I think we, we assume that we know 
everything about it. Like I, I, I'm, I assume I just know every thing in Calgary. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, oh, where the hell are we going to find a hospital? And it's like, oh, <laughs> if I just drove a little bit, I would know kind yeah. of what's going on. And you kind of have to drive with that hat on mm-hmm. um, with that in mind. Awesome. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, Loose Moose Theater, which is uh, an improv theater in Crossroads Market, um, which is just the best. It's, it's, it's a great show. They have, they have shows uh, every Friday night and Saturday night, um, different kind of games that they put on. Um, and I've never been disappointed. I've never had a bad show from Loose Moose. Yeah, you introduced me to Loose Moose and, yeah. it, was, it, and it was a blast. I loved it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, tickets are pretty cheap. They're about 15 bucks. Um, so check them out this weekend if you're looking for a, a date idea. Um, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, loosemoose.com. Nice. All right, that's it. That's all. So uh, if you have any corrections, um, like yeah, Far you, West Productions did. You know where to reach us. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all AB Filmcast. Um, and did you know that you can just type in FB.com slash AB Filmcast to get to our, our page on that site? I did not. I didn't either until recently. And you know how I learned that? Checking out Tito's page. Huh. That's how he links everything. So FB.com is a great way to shorten your link. Sweet. All right. It's hello at ABFilmcast.ca if you want to email us directly. And a big thanks to all of you for continuing to listen. We really appreciate it. And And we will be back next week with another film. But in the meantime, go go make make something. something.